Hello and welcome back to the Exist Theatre podcast, coming to you directly from the International Dublin Gay Theatre Festival 2017. So we're here at Outhouse on Chapel Street in Dublin, which is our venue. It's a little echoey, but this is where we're doing our interviews today. And we thought we'd have a little chat with you ourselves as well. Now, I just wanted to get your opinion on something, Bethan. I read this in What's On Stage today. Uh, Judy Dench just said, What is so shocking now is that young actors don't want to find out about the legacy that we left. They don't know. Uh, they don't want to know about Garrick and Irving and Peggy Ashcroft and Edith Evans. That seems to me a terrible shame. I actually, yeah, I read something about this the other day, and um, apparently, I think this I heard she was saying was that um, actors don't like they're not able to use their voice either on stage. That they don't they're not able to project properly. And there was quite. A, I mean, I don't know how much of it is all true. Um, oh, it's quite... But it was a lot of slamming younger There is a lot actors. of slamming of young actors at the moment. But do you know who these people are? Who? Uh, Irving and Peggy Ashcroft. I know who Edith, Irving is. Edith Evans, Garrick. I know... I know Garrick's a theatre. Yeah, I know, I know Irving, because... I don't, I don't feel like it affects my abilities as an actor. No, I mean, I understand that there's something to be said to be classically trained, and obviously understanding how theatre's developed over the years it has its uses and I suppose if you are doing classical theatre then of course then you should know your ins and outs of it but if you're writing for the present day things that are relatable today then I'm not sure how much that should and I mean you can learn for from any performer yeah whether they're old or uh present yeah I I don't see why it makes a difference that those specific ones you need to know about no Um, I just feel a bit like it's a bit of a, a slag on young performers, especially in in the age where we, where we live, where I actually don't think it's as easy as it used to be to no, be not a at performer. All. I think, I think you used, there used to be more of an element of you could walk into somewhere with a bit of guts and balls and say, "Have a look at me, I'm, I've got talent," and someone might. And now, now I think you've got to like you've got to really work for it. Yeah, and also I think with the econo- the economy the way it is, like to be a small sustainable theatre company. I mean, it kind of insults me. Well, I'm sure you feel the same because I know we work our asses off day in and day out. And I'm sorry if we're not uh, researching um, actors and writers from like years ago, but we're pretty bloody busy. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no no time for history. I'm afraid <laughs> we're trying to fly ourselves to different. <laughs> no, but it's true. You know, like it kind of like makes me feel like she's saying that you know we're not putting the work in I mean you know of course she was classically trained she probably has a lot of uh, that's you know that's where her training came from with these right classic writers classic actors but you know what like we work really hard and do the things we want to do and we're writing about current things uh, I know lots of actors love Shakespeare yeah. I happen to be one of the actors that I'm not that keen on Shakespeare. Yeah, see, it's like not some. because I'm ignorant and I no, don't understand it. It just you've never read it or seen any. It just doesn't do it for me. No. And you know, I personally, I I really like Greek plays. I think that they are crazy and wild, and there's things that are so relevant to me now. But I know lots and lots of actors who would never want to pick up a Greek play, and that's no, that has nothing to do with their ability or their, you know, that it doesn't change their performance just because they don't happen to pick up a Greek play once in a while. No, and I. I I really like and respect Judy Dench. Yeah, and me all, too. Maybe all, that, that's what hurts the most because I bloody love her. I was like, all, Judy, ow! All older actors and 
just uh, older people in general. I respect our elders and whatever. But, you know, I feel like from the position she's talking yeah. from, I feel like it's not a very fair to come and slam on a generation that you you probably don't know quite what they're experiencing. No. You're coming from a totally different angle. You grew up at a very different time and your perspective on life is very... Not niche. <laughs> like I know she will have unusual. Been, yeah, you, you've got money and fame, and and I know that she like obviously. I'm. I think it was like it took her. Was it nine years or something to get into drama school? But after that, you know, she she and I'm sure she had her moments of this as a struggling actor. Oh, I'm sure she worked she, really hard. But after but... that, she did. You know, she she did shoot to fame fairly quickly, and has since you know rock skyrocketed. She's one of the most. She's a household name, and so then you know from that being in that position. Um, how can she know how hard we work? And, and it, well, it seems like a slam on, her, on what we're doing without any it, understanding It of seems what like an unnecessary slam. Yeah. I don't see what she's got to gain from it. I no. don't know why. I don't know why this keeps happening. And there is... It does keep happening. Like, Ian McKellen said things before. Yeah. And these are very respected people. people we who res- we, we really respect. respect them. Um, and I just... It seems unnecessary to me and disconnected from... Reality. From the sort of way that we work. I mean, we've been working together for five years on our work that we produce all by ourselves, single-handedly. We write it, we produce it, we raise money to take it round. We've never taken a penny out of this company because we can't afford to. If we take a penny out of this company, we can't afford to go and do our shows places. So if that's not hard work... And if it's not like, if it's not sort of honing your craft, which I believe it is, I think everything we do, our work together, everything we put into it, because we put everything into it, this is honing our craft. It might not be the way she did it, but it's our way. So I basically would personally like to invite you, Judy, if you're out there listening, I hope you are. Judy, come to one of our shows. Come and tell us to our faces that we're not hardworking and that we don't (laughs) hone our craft. Come, Judy, come to us. No, come and join us on the podcast. We're not going to beat you up. No, we won't. It would be lovely to talk to you. (laughs) Judy, we we, we really do love you. You're an angel. (laughs) You're a treasure. But we hope, we would love you to come and see our work. And I think you could see that we can project our voices and that we work darn hard and that we're in love with our craft and we respect it and respect others within it yes and on that note let's have a chat to some others in it yeah that was quite hard that was quite an, that was quite an aggressive heated, heated start to the podcast but I, you know it's an interesting yeah. thing to discuss and you today, might agree with us you might not you yeah. know and today we met some wonderfully dedicated actors from all over the world um so let's listen to them and judy you have a listen too because i think you're gonna have to eat your words you are. So first up, we've got a lovely interview from Nils Wilkinson, who's performing The Naked Soldier in the same venue as us here at Outhouse. And yeah, so come along and see his show and then see ours afterwards. Here we go. So now I am joined with Nils and Miguel. Would you like to tell me a little bit about your show, how you're both involved in it? Well, hello. Thank you, first of all, for doing this podcast with us. Uh, I'm Niels Wilkinson. I'm from Cologne. And me and Miguel, we're doing the show uh, Naked Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Good. Okay. Thanks a lot. So um, you, I understand you adapted this from a book. Yes, exactly. It's a book from an Austrian author called Bellman O. It's mm-hmm. a pseudonym. Nobody knows who he is. And he published it in 1999. And I read it about eight years ago, the first time. And 
I thought back then it would be a great play, uh, a monologue, and and it's been a long eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on it a lot. Um, sometimes I would leave it for a couple of months, came back to it, not being sure if it really works, if the language of a novel works as a monologue on stage. And yeah, it took a while. And then I had a fixed version that I sent in for the festival. And I did a 15 minute excerpt in Cologne. And that's when I asked Miguel to have a look at it and see what he thinks. Mm -hmm. And then he suggested like if I need help, which was great because I've been involved in the story for so long, I needed someone, you know, to have an outside view. Yeah. yeah. So without giving too much away, can you give us a little insight into what it's what yeah. happens? People assume it's an autobiographical novel. It's about a character called Alvin, who is born like in the late 50s, and he describes how he discovers his gay desire in the 60s, 70s, and how he goes on to discover the gay subculture. And it's strongly focused on how he basically travels all around the world to find men, you know, as much as he can. Mm -hmm. So it is. it revolves a lot around the question whether what you're looking for in desire, can it be embodied by one person? Mm -hmm. And he wonders what it is that makes him search for that. And also, how do you survive when it's persecuted, yeah. this desire? How, what kind of survival strategies in public do you find? What strategies do you um, develop? if you want to find sex partners mm -hmm. in this structure. Without Grindr. <laughs> Without Grindr, exactly. So have you stayed quite close to this text or have you kind of taken it in another direction at all? Mm, I, it's, it's like it's, it's a 200 page novel. So, and I knew I didn't want, I want it to be like an hour long. Yeah. Maybe, and I had to find for me, as me, the reader of that novel, kind of co-authoring now and rewriting this text. It's basically the original text, only minor changes here mm -hmm. and there to serve the story arc of the monologue now. And I've stayed true to the text, but I think by choosing these parts, uh, I put a different focus on certain things. Yeah. 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 What, is it, what is it about this story that spoke to you so much? Because it's obviously been a passion piece been yeah. linked to this for such a long time. What yes. is it that keeps you going with it? I was wondering that for a long time, but when I was 26 and I read it, what amazed me was the self-confidence that the character has and a certain kind of arrogance towards society, um, like the dominant society, and that he basically chooses to live in a kind of isolation and at the same time having all these connections with other guys on only an erotic level. And I realized what amazed me was there is this idea that if you're part of a minority, your place is to feel sad, but it's not your place to be angry or to criticize society in a way. Like people like uh, minority people to be in this kind of oppressed, sad state. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
and it's a you know it's a huge topic among gay men this you know feeling sorry and you know not wanting to take up too much space yeah. uh, because they've learned to be this you know held back all the time and he's not like that Miguel how was it for you to come on board with someone so uh, joined to a piece already was, was it a smooth process did you guys did you battle it out have you had your moments together or, or has it been quite well, no, it, natural it, it has been surprisingly harmonious you know uh, the first time I, I watched uh, uh, the performance it, it was like 15 minutes of off the wall thing and um, and it was in German too which plays a role it, uh, it's very interesting because Nils is acting in a different way when he's, when he's acting in German or when he's acting in English. Yeah. And this is a very interesting metamorphosis. But and anyway, the first approach to the material, the first feeling I had was, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate this guy. It's like, uh, this is not... You know, this is not the things I identify with. This yeah. is not the world I live in. This is not the stuff... I ever done or I ever felt, and um, <laughs> but of course. But on the other hand, there was something about it that kept me there, yeah. and I, and it was exciting and it was challenging too. And I mean, that's why we make theatre because yeah. we want to see things in another way. Yeah. So this is what interested me. It was to work about a character that I really didn't like yeah. and uh, someone that. As I said, it was an asshole to me. Yeah, <laughs> not someone you related to. Not at all. So, and um, then we, then I started reading it carefully and uh, wondering how things could work in a way to make this exciting for the audience mm. and also to transmit something we can deal with now. Because as Neil said, the guy is pretty old, like he uh, was born in the late 50s. Mm -hmm. and. What I think it's really important for us is the, is the matter of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And this is something that it doesn't matter if uh, there is a grinder or, or if there is or there, if there are uh, messages in public toilets or you know it's the same thing and the, 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 the essence to me of this play is that um, we understand that society as long as we as long as, long as all the LGBT uh, palette, uh, is not accepted. People are forced to to disguise themselves. Yeah. And if they disguise themselves, they are not true to themselves, and they don't have they don't develop true feelings, mm -hmm. and they are not being authentic to, yeah. to one another, and not to their own for yeah. the, to their own for themselves. And which means that uh, that makes them unhappy. Yeah. Uh, you actually feel pity for this guy because. He has been disguised <laughs> all, I mean, not for Niels. <laughs> oh, <poor laughs> no, but, no, you know, it's a character that you see, it's a fake all the time. Yeah. And he's disguising himself. Yeah. And, and it doesn't allow himself the feelings. And that blocks, of course, also some love stories that you see that don't work exactly because of that. Mm -hmm. So this was what made it exciting to me. Yeah. was something that has to do with truth and to be authentic to yourself and to be yourself and sometimes you are forced and that's something be. that's 
forever relevant, mm-hmm. especially in our community, but yes. all over the place. It's yeah. not, it, unfortunately, it's not going to go out of date anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just a different time period. Absolutely. Yeah, and to Absolutely. a certain extent, anybody, no matter what their background is, will have to hide at some point. Yeah, um, there is, a, there is, a, there is, a, there is, a, uh, there is work to be done. Yeah, definitely. Actually, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. this is something that will speak to people. Of course. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like this is going to be something which, I mean, the opportunity for people to take lots of different views and take lots of different things from it. Yes. If you can, are you able to put the play into three words? The play into three words. <laughs> um, oh dear. <laughs> That's two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to think about this. Uh, the first two words were sex, desire, shape-shifting. I like it. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. If you could just remind us again where you are playing and at what time. We're playing at the Outhouse and we're playing the whole, no, until Saturday, 7.30. And on Saturday, there's also a matinee at 4. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, <laughs> thank guys. You. Thank you very thank much you. for having us. <laughs> so that was Nils talking about his show, Naked Soldier, here at Outhouse. Yeah, just before us. Yeah, just before us. So book us both. Come and see us both. Come and see Bleach afterwards. Yes. Um, Yeah, so we've been really lucky doing this podcast. We've got to meet some really awesome people, which has been brilliant. Yeah, and everyone's been really like up for it and wanting to come and chat with us. Super friendly. And that's so nice. I mean, you go to um, some festivals and um, you don't have that kind of community feel that you have at this particular festival. It's such a lovely environment. I would say that anyone thinking of coming to... uh, Ireland or applying for the festival should definitely just go ahead and do it because it's it's so supportive you get so much support from the other actors as well as the people uh, like Brian Merriman who's running the theatre festival I mean there is like it's a really personal touch and you do get like a real sense of community which I think is it's a really unique kind of festival yeah definitely and a really fair festival like yeah uh, the performers are really like you're the top of the pile here. Like you come first, your needs come first. Yeah. You're, you're, you're looked after yeah. basically from start to finish, and we're and we're encouraged as well to help each other out, which I think is really important, and I think isn't done enough sometimes. And it's really nice opportunity to sort of be part of like helping each other and, and supporting each other throughout the festival. I think it's so important. Yeah, I think more if more festivals had that sort of vibe I, yeah. there'd be a lot less uh, sort of festival stress and anxiety going on because yeah. they, can, they can be pretty cutthroat yeah definitely but here you feel so welcome you feel like you are instantly a part of something which is really exciting anyway as, as a young performer um yeah. so yeah i think and certainly just getting to meet the cast and it, it's such a diverse festival this year as well i mean it, it tends to be but um this oh god we've talked to uh, rent boys and Parisian artists yeah and, oh god we've we've talked to everyone on this yeah, podcast exactly and it's like a real range of different um different shows genres um, styles yeah musicals plays cultures. with music monologues on you know one-man show it's like it really is an, a, ma- a really amazing mix and you so rarely get the opportunity to be surrounded by such an a lovely mix of LGBT theatre. Yeah. Um, often, like in some festivals, you really... Or theatre. Yeah, or theatre in general, yeah. Um, so it's so nice to be within, be counted among those and be within that sort of environment. It's really exciting. And... Yeah, and when we were we were here 
three years ago yeah, in 2014 with our show Man Enough. We were such a baby company. Oh, we were so baby. And, um, so little. We didn't know what we were doing, I don't think. No. But, but this festival was the first festival to really give us a chance and... And we that that week we grew so much as, as a, a company, company definitely. Um, just by giving giving space and time to and develop what we do, and yeah. encouragement, like t- constant encouragement, and I think it, that's. And it's really nice to come back as so much much more accomplished company. Yeah, and to be, and I think as well when you when you are surrounded by um, quite a lot of established companies, it really helps you to sort of. So get a clear view of where you want to be in the next, yeah. you know, five, ten years, hopefully. Yeah. But yeah, so um, I guess we should go on to our next. So here's our interview with the team behind Mon Panas. So hi guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your play? Sure. Uh, my name's Nicholas Boley. Uh, I'm the musician, I guess, in the show. I wrote the music, and I also play a few the various artists throughout the show. Awesome. My name is Kathy Zaborski, and I play Margaret in the show, and I'm also an artistic associate with the company Theatre Outre. My name is Carolyn Ruther, and I play Amelia uh, in the show. She's a painter, and... Um, I'm just here. Just here, just happy to be here. So without giving giving too much away, can you give us a little synopsis of the play itself? Absolutely. Montparnasse is a tale of unrequited love between an artist and an artist model in 1920s Paris during the crazy years. Two Canadian girls have reunited in the city and discovered a love for art and for each other. Wow, awesome. Good summary. You yeah. got it down. <laughs> you know what you <laughs> We'll have you back. <laughs> so um, I'm sure everybody will have picked up from your accents. You're obviously not from Ireland or England, so you're obviously from Canada. So what's it like performing? Have you performed it in Canada as well? Yes, yeah, we all work as actors in Canada, and um, the theatre company that we have in Alberta, Canada, is quite unique. It's called Theatre Outre. Um, It's located right in the Mormon Bible Belt of Canada, (laughs) um, which makes it a great place to create discourse. (laughs) Um, And so the theatre space we run is also a gay club. So every Friday and Saturday there are events. We have strip spelling bees. Uh, we have dances, uh, panty uh, raids, and, and stuff like that. So we do that every weekend, and then that helps to fund the space so that we can create the theater portion of it. But then it also creates a community and gives people a place to go yeah. and hang out. That's awesome. Um, so you found it different performing it here in Ireland? Has it had a different reception? What's it been like? Yes, we performed it for a week in November back in Canada. And so there is nudity in the play. And I kind of found that the nudity was received not in a bad way in Canada, but everyone was kind of shocked. <laughs> and it was a bit, uh, not controversial, but a bit, what's the word I'm looking for? Like taboo. Yeah. And I find here it's people aren't they're still surprised at it, but they're a lot more like appreciative of it yeah. um, and kind of have seen the artistic side of it and have picked up on jokes that people in Canada didn't pick up on. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot, lot of uh, appreciation for the culture that we're talking about in Paris yeah. here versus in Canada where people don't really know the artists and stuff yeah. that we're talking about. So. Sure. 
And I mean, what's it like as an actor to bear all on stage in front of an audience? <laughs> well, <laughs> it sounds like it's a normal weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, we've had some audience members say it's it's there's awkwardness for about 20 seconds and then the rest of the time we're naked. So it doesn't matter. You Are stop. you naked for the whole show? We're, my character is naked for 70% of the show, I would say. Yeah. And so you just, you stop noticing it. Yeah. And it's actually lovely as an actor to be, because it's quite emotional, the story. So to be that vulnerable, but to be naked at the same time, I feel like it helps me as an mm -hmm. actor. Because it's I'm bearing myself to you literally. Yeah. <laughs> the theater space here is also quite warm, so by the time we're into it, it's really nice. Yeah. To take <laughs> <all> the, <laughs> the space we're in here, the outhouse is a little <laughs> chilly. Yeah, you might not, might be a bit a little nipply. Yeah. <laughs> not, nipply. not flattering temperature. <laughs> Um, so, how did you um, hear about Dublin uh, in the International Dublin Gay Theatre Festival? What brought you guys here? Well, Theatre Outre has been here uh, three times in the past, oh, wow, cool. um, or this would be our fourth time. So I've been here once before with our drag opera Castrati, um, and then Jay, our director, has also performed two other shows here. So we feel like we're good friends of the festival, and so when we did this play, I just thought, they're going to love it, like the audiences will really like it, so let's apply and see what happens. <laughs> it seems to be really well received so far. We read a review the other day, The Outmost? Yes. 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 You got very good write-up in that, so it seems to be going down well. I've heard lots of amazing things about it. Oh, thank you. That's mm -hmm. great to hear. I guess each of you, if you could uh, choose three words to describe the play each. Ooh. I know. <laughs> Put you on the spot now. Let's <laughs> go. Unapologetic, artistic, and moving. Sumptuous. <laughs> I stole your word. <laughs> um, raw and innocent. Hmm. I'm just gonna say a roller coaster. Excellent. Okay. That's yeah. Sounds good to me. No, it's three words. Well, with the dash. Yeah, there you the go. dash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, if you want to just remind us again where you are, where, what time you're at, um, so everybody can come see your awesome show. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're at the Players Theatre um, from today is the 3rd, correct? Mm -hmm. Until the 6th at 9pm, and we also have a matinee on the Saturday at 4pm. And that's at Trinity College there, which is a beautiful place. I'm very happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> One more question I just wanted to ask. Uh, the music came up, right, but we just kind of skimmed over it, okay. so I'm just going to go back really, yeah. really quick. Sure, sure. How does that play a part? It was interesting. Jay sent me a message before November, quite a ways before November last year, and he asked me if I could play accordion. And I was a little bit hesitant because I had an accordion, but I didn't ever, I'd ever learned it, right? So I learned it for the show. <laughs> and um, I actually play a lot of other instruments. Um, and so the music kind of helps to support. It's almost like an underscore, um, very cinematic in a way. And it just helps to support the emotion of every moment. I actually kind of tailor it every night too. So it's never exactly the same. It's always playing off of the dynamics that happen yeah. between the actors. And it's really fun. Like you said, it's a roller coaster almost every night, especially, especially for me, because I'm like, <gasps> My eyes are just wide, and I'm like yeah. paying attention to every little movement. And that's just really, <laughs> really keep you in the moment exactly. as well. So we, you feel like you're completely involved in everything. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it's a really great um, exercise in staying present. Mm. 
and just being focused and really it's just a pleasure to be able to watch these two ladies like do such great work together because it's they're magical to watch. Yeah. It's lovely too. It really brings you to Paris, I think. We start off the show playing accordion like the minute the audience walks in. So it's very um, yeah. travel-y. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to feel the essence of Paris with that sort with of music. That, yeah, it? definitely. It certainly yeah. brings you straight there. And the accordion that I use is my grandfather's accordion. It's oh. an heirloom. And I actually brought it here. It's from Germany and from the 1920s. Wow, so it's literally got the bit of history. So it's steeped right in the actual yeah. time. And oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for talking yeah, to us, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Nice. Thank Go you. check it out. Yeah, definitely. Thanks again. Thanks. Awesome. thanks. <laughs> So that was the lovely, inspiring, interesting, quirky team behind Montparnasse. I would definitely like to spend a weekend at their strip bingo, was it? Yeah, I don't know. No, strip spelling bee. I'd love to see a strip spelling bee. That sounds like a laugh. Yes. But I'm not very good at spelling, so maybe (laughs) maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much to uh, everybody who came to chat with us today. Um, I'm sure Judy is absolutely eating her words now. Yep. She'll be joining us next week, won't she? Yep, Judy's on the podcast tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, come and join us, Judy. (laughs) So come back tomorrow when we'll be talking to Stephen Fales about his show, Confessions of a Mormon Boy, and Nicole O'Connor about her show, Both Sides Now. And, of course, Judy Dench. Of course, absolutely. The dame herself will be here. (laughs) And apologising for her rude behaviour. But, yes, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow. We'll hear you tomorrow. No. You'll hear us tomorrow. You'll hear us tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye.